0: april
1: fools happy spring yes i hope so everyone so is doing well and uh good song choice to uh, get started sad week in uh, sad week in music
0: yeah lots of taylor hawkins fans god i love that band ah
1: happy so, um, hope-
0: and welcome everyone
1: Yes, yeah, so I hope everyone's having a great week. Uh definitely been a busy week. Hi, Kristen. Good to Thank see you. you. I'm glad that you're uh glad that you're here. We have to get together live soon. Um, uh so excited about that too. Um, do you like my Minnesota background, Jess?
0: I'm so jealous. Yeah. <laughs> the sun's little- out in Minneapolis, so Well, that's good. I got yeah. that going for me. Well, it is uh,
1: it is about to be have a huge thunderstorm here in Florida. So uh Ooh. yeah. Enjoy the sun. Enjoy the sun. Uh, Hey, Jessica. Good to see you from Denver. Uh, Hi, Madan. Hi, Bryce. Sky. uh, Joe. Awesome. Uh, James. Alicia. Michelle. Uh, Wow, good group. Hi, Leo. Dorothy. It's snowing there. John. San Diego. Mid-60s. Terrible. Every time someone (laughs) in San Diego tells me the weather sucks, I'm like, "Oh, oh, poor man. He loves the hairstyle. I wonder whose hairstyle he's talking about. I think it's yours, Jason. Mine? Yeah. I don't have, I hardly have anything I can do with my hair. Like what, that's you, you're usually the one that gets the hairstyle, (laughs) not not, not me. Yeah. So um, great to, uh, great to be. See? um,
0: Wow. Ooh, Jason.
1: Yeah, whenever I, if I, it, it, that just made my whole day. If Chuck Moore is flirting with me, it's a good day. <laughs> so, um, so once again, thanks for everyone for being here. Um, wow, episode number 106, uh, I believe, of our uh, series here, which is great. And have a really, really cool guest today that I'm so excited to talk about. Jess, I was thinking, do you ever listen to the Senseless podcast?
0: No, should I?
1: Okay, so the Senseless Podcast, what they do, here's what I think we should start to do. Okay. I'm not sure we're going to, hopefully, the community will still show up, but they, one of the two people, one of the three people on that show actually pick the guest, arrange Ooh. the guest, yeah. and then the other person guesses the guest.
0: Oh my God, I love it.
1: Yes, we're going to go over 1,900 people today, and we will be let's over 2,000. Yes. It. But they pick the, like, it's a surprise. So like one week I could pick the guest and you'd be surprised.
0: Oh my God, I video. would love it.
1: The next week you'd pick the guest and I'd be surprised mm-hmm. when they do my video. But it sounds like kind of a fun thing to do. Like, oh. I don't know if we'd pull it off, but mm-hmm. uh, like I don't think we don't really have the handlers that they do <laughs> to do all this stuff, but we may be able to do it.
0: I love it. And I also, I mean, I'll invite you again to, to, to suggest guests for us. Uh, like if you guys want to invite someone, this is for you. This is a community. Or you,
1: or if you just want to come on. My favorite thing last yeah. week is, uh, my favorite thing last week is when like we just got an email from our special guest today saying mm-hmm. he's not able to join. What? Can you believe that?
0: No, I don't believe that.
1: No, it's not an April Fools. It's really a it's really an email that says that. So we'll check it in. But All while right. we're doing that, let me but, handle the most important part. Of the session here, yeah. um, which is a check-in, and uh, you know, once again, we do check-ins really to um, infuse empathy, um, and they're they're very very uh, important. They're very very um, hopefully meaningful to everyone, and at the same time, I hope they make you reflect. Um, being on vacation, hi Tammy. Um, I just passed a Dairy Queen earlier today, by the way. Uh, being on vacation uh, this week, um, you always get a chance to reflect, even though it's been a busy week. Dennis is in Bogota. Really cool. Um, but uh, it's been a crazy week. I, we've done some webinars, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's been a very busy week. But uh, at the same time, you get a chance to reflect. But So let's start with our, for those of you new here, every single uh, set series, of, or, excuse me, every single session we do, number 106, we start with a really important question, which is, how are you? Probably one of the most important authentic questions, if everyone responds authentically, Mm -hmm. that one could ask, which is, you know, how are you, green, yellow, or red? You know, green, you're doing great today. Like, you feel better than you ever have. Maybe not ever, but (laughs) mentally, you're doing awesome. Uh, Yellow, eh, so-so. Red, um, not a good day. Um, Very bright green. I love the fact that you brought up Autism Awareness Month, John, thank Mm -hmm. you for doing that. Um,
0: I've got something for you, John. On April 15th, we've got a whole panel around autism awareness and neurodiversity. I'm so excited, but yes, continue.
1: (laughs) Amy's yellow. Um, Oh, Amy's yellow. Chuck is green. Frank's yellow turning green. That always helps. It's Friday. Green, green, orange. Leap Jen orange and Bob's orange, too. That's wow. orange.
0: Maybe that's is the, not.
1: this is where I get totally stupid. Where I'm like, I don't even know. Uh, orange, what's that orange? The combination of green and yellow,
0: no red and yellow,
1: red and yellow. Thank yeah. you. Oh my gosh, of course. So, so, uh, yes, Jill will probably, yes, oh, there you go for transgender awareness day yesterday. Yep. Thank you, Judy. I saw so
0: many beautiful posts around that.
1: Bringing that up, Heather. I'm sorry to hear you're red. Um, I hope we can bring some uh, green to you today. Um, I went on a really massively long run this morning, uh, so felt great about that. So that always helps. That always helps the uh, the color mode. Um, how about you, Jess?
0: Um, I did not go on a massively long run this morning, but I'm still green. I might this weekend, uh, but I am green. Do you want me to tell you a green story really quick?
1: I do want to tell you a green, I do want you to tell me that, but I also want to make sure that we have to talk about the Leap Gen Half Marathon uh, in November in this community. We'll remember to do it next week um, so that we can start to get some community members in training also. Cause the Leap Gen Half Marathon's in November and it's April.
0: Yeah. So
1: we have a ways to go. But we should we probably need to bring it up next week so people like james wheaton and judy and jill and uh, linda can start training and tammy and jewel can start training for that half marathon
0: we'll start a virtual training group
1: exactly it's gonna be an amazing event but go ahead tell me your green story
0: so today is april 1st april fool's day last night i asked my daughter kenna my middle one she's 11 what she was doing. She was unwrapping pieces of gum, sticks of gum and soaking them in pickle juice. Like, Kenna, what in the world are you doing? And she said, I'm a kind of famous mom for always having gum at school. Everybody's always asking me for gum because I always have gum. She's definitely my child. So for April Fool's Day, she's soaking pieces of gum. And then this morning she got up and re-wrapped them, gum, Pickle juice soaked gum is what she's, Ooh. she's just gonna wait till somebody asks her for a piece of gum like they always do and, and April fools. How vicious is that?
1: <laughs> yeah, well, that girl is vicious. I mean, the thing you put on our internal corporate um, in, our, in our company board last night about what she was, that was funny too.
0: Well, that was bailey that That was a different different child but
1: your children are all (laughs) i know my children your children are all on the same wavelength as being funny so uh (laughs) yeah yeah, but that is that's a green story
0: that is a very green green spearmint gum soaked in green pickle juice happy april fool's day to all of kenna's classmates
1: (laughs) yes and uh just thank you for the note for those of you that are interested now that piqued the interest on the half marathon i just put the link um Uh, In the chat, it'll be in Monterey Bay, California, um, November 11th to 13th. So, anyone that can make it, that is going to be a fun, fun uh, weekend. So, um, what else is going on?
0: Um, Let's see. Uh I see that Joseph's uh, team member, Jolade, is in here. Jolade, oh, no, I didn't mean that. I, meant like I know, else? I know. I have to do a little troubleshooting out loud here. Oh, go ahead. Let me let send us take. a chat and tell take. us if Joseph is joining in your profile or what. Like, uh, Leah, I guess you're handling it behind the scenes. What else is going on? I feel like I should be ready for that half marathon. I'm going to do a Tough Mudder here in Minneapolis in June, and then the Ragnar again this year in Minneapolis in August. We run from Minneapolis to Duluth, 200 miles in two days. Uh, so I feel like that's my training, but I love the idea of setting up a virtual training group. Yeah, for
1: wow. sure. I think that'll be great. Yeah. Um, so if you think about it, this week I've had some massive, I have some really, really interesting discussions. Um, a great discussion with the conference board, mm. lots of fascinating trends going on, one of the which i had a great conference call with uh earlier this morning was daily pay daily pay is picking up steam faster than fast yeah which is crazy as someone who started their career in the space implementing payroll systems uh the thought that organizations are going to be able to get people paid daily have time Mm -hmm. approved and get that deposited into their wallet so they could spend that money that day is fascinating. It's just the start. Uh, It's just the start um, of all of the stuff um, blending together when it comes to things like daily pay, gig work, et cetera, et cetera. And at the same time, I don't know if some of you just saw that Amazon just announced their first union. While we were like getting ready to join this call, Amazon just announced their first union today. So lots of- Yeah, it is huge. Lots of fascinating. And yes, there is a walk option for the half marathon, Jessica,
0: yeah.
1: um, but lots of things. Steve just said we just implemented. Oh. Daily. It's so popular okay. with our employees. Great for recruiting. It's turning into one of those things. We you know, Whenever we work with clients, we always say, what do you want to be great at and what it's OK at? You know, we In the past, we haven't said, hey, guess what? You want to be great at payroll. But payroll on a daily pay standpoint is turning into a competitive differentiator, which is fascinating. Uh, Chuck said, I simply can't understand daily pay and complications with taxes. Yeah, Chuck, you're like me. I mean, you and I grew up together, Chuck. Um, and uh, yeah, it's crazy. But at the same time, it's truly happening. Uh, and it's it appears to be a wave um, that's going to continue to uh, keep going. Um, oh, Dorothy. Sorry. Wow. I am all yeah. over. the... Dorothy, just no, I got in touch with Katarina after your session. I'm running a career mentoring event for Ukrainian refugees on the 14th, did tag LeapGen on LinkedIn. Oh, Dorothy, you just like, Dorothy, I am teary today just for the record and you just brought on more tears. So um, thank you Dorothy for doing that. I really, we really, really appreciate that. Um, Yeah, and the, for the daily Pay thing is gonna be fascinating. Um, Jesse, welcome. Good to see you. I don't know where you've been. We've been missing you too, but worried that you're back. Um, I'm worried about the financial stability of people that need daily pay. Kelly, great thought. Uh, Sky, we have a version Mm -hmm. of Ceridian Dayforce and it's seamless. And I, you know, once again, it's really, really interesting to see that that's becoming the trend. Um, And I, I mean, I am, I don't know, but I think it's going to be more of a thing going forward than anything else the other thing i'll just share Jess. um sorry i don't mean to banter but no i love it i don't think you and i've talked all week so this is probably um i had a great conversation with someone about hr in the metaverse Mm. and it's going to be an interesting topic because the metaverse is nothing more than this marketed branded web 3.0 thing that thinks about how do we create employee experiences and communicate with people that aren't right in front of us in real life? IRL, Jess. IRL. IRL. <laughs> so, if you think about it, one of the things that's amazing is that a primitive Zoom call today where all of us are looking at each other and using the chat that is really first-generation Metaverse. Yeah. And all of the people are like, oh my God, the Metaverse, it's never going to happen. It is happening. Uh, video interviewing was probably, even before that, first-generation Metaverse. Mm. What we're, we're going to see is just a continuation of how does that work into our daily lives. It doesn't mean we're going to get rid of people, like interaction and skin touching and all that other stuff. But what it does mean is that we're going to think about how do we drive work to be done in a more efficient, effective way. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, I don't want to, That's this is probably a whole different top session, Jess, we can do on this, but, you know, don't forget that we are all living in that world today. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we are Generation Meta. Thanks, Leo. And great
0: comment. Yeah. People will be in trouble. I mean, all of the, there's so much technology at our fingertips, but there's also so much technology catch up to do. Everything, absolutely everything, is becoming, becoming, or or is, or is in some version of become iterative, mobile, fluid, organic. It's got to be real time or near real time. Absolutely everything to do with talent, business, and people. Um, and I I agree. I think the gig economy has been wanting to happen. We've had too many barriers to uh, to it being a bigger thing than it um, than it already is. But I think that the workforce, the talent economy absolutely wants to be fluid, mobile, flexible. I think employee, employees, I think workers are gonna come and go, flex in and out of organizations and should, like there's nothing wrong with that. That's actually a great thing, but we've had too many barriers that have prevented that from coming to fruition. I think it absolutely will.
1: Yeah, and the thing that Michelle, you, what you just wrote is so fascinating to me because I'm trying, some people know, not everyone, that I'm trying to finish a book. <laughs>
0: uh,
1: and every time I think I've got the book finished, something changes um, that I wanna go back and revisit a chapter. So there's gonna be a 2022 book and then there's gonna have to be a 2023 book because uh, it, the amount of stuff that's changing and in, in thinking about trends, it's changing way too fast. You know, which kind of leads us to the discussion we're going to have today uh, around data. Yeah. Because if you think about last week, and Jess did this to me earlier this week, um, even though I was to, even though I was on vacation, quote unquote, um, there's no such real thing in today's world. Um, we did a webinar, and Jess introduced that word "creepy" again <laughs> on the uh, on the webinar yeah. last week. For those of you that weren't here, we talked about creepy, and we talked about how personalization is, is it creepy or is it not? Heather Jystad just said, I hope I said your last name right, I apologize if I didn't. As a contractor, daily pay would be amazing. Like to know that, that that's how you'd like to be paid. Yeah. And to make sure that that's how you got paid. That is a form of personalization. Now, is that creepy? Oh. I mean- No. No, it's meeting people where they are. Yeah. And that's what's gonna make Heather choose which gigs she works on. Going mm-hmm. forward. So I, I don't think it's creepy at all. I think there are things that we can do to make things creepy, quote, unquote. Heather, it was just a mistake, but thanks for the compliment. Um, it, 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 uh, you know, There's things we can do to be, be big brother, big sister, and make things feel creepy. But I don't actually believe that anything personalized or anything focused on what's going to drive Heather in this case, it, that's not creepy. That's just mm-hmm. understanding people.
0: I think, I mean, we could have a whole conversation around data privacy. And actually, we are. We will as soon as Joseph comes on. Not data privacy necessarily. Why don't we the,
1: ever say data freedom?
0: Yeah, data freedom, the power of data.
1: Yeah. Why do we always say privacy? The privacy seems like, oh, there we go. Here goes Jess, ruining the party again, throwing out the data, <laughs> data privacy shit. Yeah.
0: Yeah that implies control and compliance and it
1: basically means oh that means i can't do anything
0: yeah
1: and then we're like oh the employee experience isn't good oh heather left because she didn't feel like she was part of things so like it's, a, it's a interesting if we could do a whole discussion on both the how do you do data privacy and at the same time still leverage data to be a value to the workforce that's a fun session i know exactly who I'm gonna bring on as my mystery guest for that one.
0: Oh, I, I love mystery guests. You know my mystery guest will be like a rocker. <laughs> like, you can do data, people. I'll bring. Uh, uh, yes, 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 yes.
1: Yes, you you have seen my T-shirt, right? That says data is sexy.
0: You have a T-shirt
1: that says data is sexy. I'm so jealous. Well, yeah, right, but yeah, but that's it. what I'm saying. I'm bringing on the data person. You're bringing on some rocker. You're the one I always wearing on the rocker T-shirt. Yes! <laughs> speaking, of, speaking of data is sexy. Look who's No, here. speaking of rock star. Oh sorry. <laughs> well, sexy rock star. Our guys. <laughs>
0: Joseph, thank All you right. for navigating. I don't know what's the is anybody I, if you're here. Jura, how's, could... the,
2: how's the employee experience, Joseph? Uh for for which employee experience are we talking about?
1: just getting here getting here my,
2: no, i was i've been trying for the last 20 minutes to get on no, right. that means it's effing terrible <laughs> oh sorry. i was like when will you zoom you know <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: oh, dude,
2: we're in the metaverse
1: zoom zoom come on dude oh
0: man <laughs> uh, you made it okay now you can breathe you're here thank you for, for yeah look he's sweating gross. through his
1: t-shirt
2: <laughs> <laughs> just kidding
0: oh uh, how are you
2: good good happy friday
0: Happy Friday. Yeah. Welcome to April. Yeah. Uh, really. Oh, look at see that we're already getting suggestions for more mystery guests. Jo- Joseph, this is our amazing community I told you about. Isn't it aren't, they, aren't we nuts in here?
1: <laughs> it's it's <amazing. laughs> I told you. I'm just everything?
0: Yeah. Joseph, <laughs> do you
1: have any tattoos you want to
2: show? That's the that's the hazing that Jess does. No, actually I don't. Someone asked me that yesterday, and I was like, no, I haven't found um I haven't found a quote that I like enough to put it mm, you
0: know, Yeah. somewhere you, here.
2: <laughs> I too. You
0: would do scripting, words. I love
2: yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm a words person, so
0: Jason has data is sexy down his
1: no, I'm kidding. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I was gonna be like, Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yes, at, this point,
1: <laughs> at this point, you can say anything you want. It's it's <laughs> April Fool's. Anything, okay, goes,
2: right? anything goes, right? Anything goes. That's right.
0: Oh, my God. Somebody invite somebody. We're about to hit 1900. I love invite this. Invite your mom, Joseph. Invite anyone. Just
2: invite I sent links to my like my brothers and stuff. They're like, we, we're trying to get in. We can't get in. So I'm like, oh, oh good luck. That is so <laughs> weird. Yeah. Is this
0: a broadcast, April Fool's? I'm so sorry about that. We usually don't no, have no, a podcast. Yeah. I'm
2: like, but you're yeah. friends, my, my brothers, they're like, we can't get in.
0: Can't get in. <laughs> um, and will you tell us your story? I, just, I loved meeting you the other day, earlier this week. And you were such a... a you were such a trooper i said do you want to like come on live with like this huge community because i just love you and you should be a part of this so thank you for being here will you tell everybody a little bit of your background
2: yeah thanks for having me um yeah so i'll start my name is joseph i am one of the co-founders and ceo of equitable um equitable is a hr technology hr analytics company um equitable is spelled E-Q-T-B-L-E. you know we try to spell it the startupy way because yeah we didn't, you know, the, the full name was taken and we had to figure out ways to be creative and buy the domain for 15 bucks. So that was what that <laughs> was. But, I love it. Right. But, um, so my background, I'm from, I'm from Nigeria um, originally. Um, I've been in the U.S. about now, say what, 12, 12 13 years. Um, but, you know, really lived in different parts of the world um, and before, before coming to the U.S. about 12, 13 years ago. Um, and yeah, like I, you know, in terms of things that I like to do, I love soccer um i'm a big i played i mean i came to the u.s on a soccer scholarship so i love to play soccer i love poker and and when i'm not doing either of those things i'm, I'm working i'm doing some some uh, people analytics project of some sort so that's a bit about about me um and yeah
0: you're in new jersey i think yeah
2: i am in new jersey yeah. yes yes I, I live in new jersey currently um I used, I used to live in new york during the pandemic moved to california for my job when i was working on snapchat at the time and then moved back when I when we started the company, and then I was like, you know what, it's like too, you know, the city is a little bit too small in terms of the apartments you can get there. So I wanted more space. So I was like, I'm going to go to Jersey instead, and then so that's where I live currently.
1: I love it. Hey, uh Joseph, just really quickly, just I, sorry, I'm a little bit geeky. How do you like? How do you go from like? You, so you just like you you said all really cool Ooh, stuff. In terms and of, of the, next thing, yeah. the next thing, the next thing you. The next thing you said is, oh, yeah, and in my spare time, I do these people analytics things. Right. Like, oh, yeah, that's, it's just for all of you looking for something to do this weekend yes. in your spare time, you might as well just do some people analytics stuff. Like, right. how do you just decide to do random people analytics stuff?
2: The, so I actually never thought I was going to be in, like, HR um, or people analytics. I didn't even know what that was, you know, five, six years ago. I didn't. Um my This my is background.
0: literally my favorite part of the story. <laughs> <So> <laughs> how did you find <laughs> us? <That's> like, <laughs> like, just like,
1: decided.
2: So so my background is in like um, uh, like analytics and statistics. So that's what I studied, right? Uh, I studied math and statistics. And um, at the beginning of my career, I had this, you know, you have this plan and vision of what you want to do. And so I was like, look, I want to be a you know, at some point in the future, I want to be a chief data chief analytics officer. So let me just work in different domains as much as I can. So I worked in research, I worked in health analytics, I worked in e-commerce retail at Toys R Us um, for sports analytics. I worked at Arsenal Football Club. So I worked in all these different places because, you know, in my head that's what I thought. I'm like, okay, can work in, in enough domains, and eventually when you become this chief analytics officer, you've had enough experience. And then, you know, at the time I was working in the e-commerce retail role um, at Toys R Us and and then I said, you know, I've been there about a year and a, a year and seven months, and I was trying to switch jobs. And then I started looking at roles, and I found this people analytics role. And I was like, what is this? Like, because at the time at, at, um, at Toys R Us, I was doing this, like, I was doing analytics for in terms of how people shop. So I was we're looking at people's shopping patterns in terms of, okay, well, for example, if a mother buys um, pass, a pacifier, what are the chances that they're gonna buy, you know, a, a, a feeding bottle, right? Something like that. And so we saw there was a high probability. And so what we would do is we'll put the pacifier next to the bottle in the store because they had a higher chance of buying it. So we, we're looking at those kind of patterns of shopping. So when I saw people on the analytics, I was like, wow, I guess it's people decisions, I just applied for it. Um, in the interview process, I, you know, I got the interview. Um, and at the time, I you know, in, they were asking, okay, well, we need someone to build this whole people analytics infrastructure from scratch. And I just said, yes. I'm like, yeah, I can do it. I can do it. had no idea if I could do it. This was WeWork at the time. I just said yes to everything. And he believed me for some reason. Don't know why. And he gave me the job. And that's literally how I got into people analytics. And then, you know, three years later, I built with a, with an amazing team. We built a 15-person team. We had built all the infrastructure we work in terms of people analytics. And, yeah, it's just it was just an incredible journey. And then, you know, years later, I'm here now. You know, talking
1: to you that's so amazing. that's how that's yeah i mean to be hey, there's, fair, a, there's, there's a there's a question for you that i just want to. i mean like this is like jumping right into the pool okay? <laughs> I know you just got here and yeah. you haven't even gotten your sunscreen on yet but we're <laughs> jumping right in um leo who's a, one of our amazing community members said how do you find emotions either positive or negative in people analytics
2: Ah, oh, that's a good question
1: um, emotions positive or negative how do we find that yeah like and, and maybe maybe before we do that when you when you talk about people analytics mm-hmm. like wh- what do you mean by that because one of the things we talk about a lot is how do we shift from counting people to making people count mm, wow and and there's a lot of people that just do people analytics which are just counting people yeah you know, and to get to quote. which is
0: also necessary, oh, it's us
1: necessary. You that's have to where we're it.
0: at in HR analytics. How right. do How's I get a
1: Wikipedia page on your company going to be updated if you can't yeah. count people? But mm-hmm. how do we really make people count? Which is the next level of yeah. people intelligence, I'd say, mm-hmm. is a really fascinating discussion,
2: mm-hmm. you know, and one that
1: while you're out there on the pitch, yeah, uh, shooting uh, soccer balls, mm-hmm. you know, maybe you can think about how to solve for us.
0: How do you know how to say on the pitch? I wouldn't know. That's like soccer stuff. <laughs> you know that, Jason?
1: Because <laughs> yes, I every week, I don't know who the hell you think you're co- co-hosting. <laughs> <laughs> like I do know more. You see that? I do know more than just Is it because like because you watch Ted Lasso. No, I do know more <laughs> than just Googles. data and sexy. Look at that. Wayne and Sky are like, yeah, let's go. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay, Joseph.
0: Let him continue while you're on the pitch.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you know, I love it. I love it. I think, I think you know, that's a, such a good question. I mean, I, I think, think for me, true. the reason the why reason I, 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 you know, you know started, started a a with way. my co-founders Gabe and Ethan, um, was really because it is for some reason actually started out from a somewhat negative emotion that started, that became a positive emotion. So I was, what that means was, we saw certain things that we did not like, like just from talking to people from our own experiences and we we're like, we are tired of this crap. We want to build something that would help change the narrative. Mm-hmm. That was what it was. Right. It, Cause we, you know, we the data every day at some point. It, it, I don't know if this was a good or bad thing, to be honest, but at some point I had to divorce my emotions from the work I was doing, because like, you know, for example, let's say you saw could be pay inequality or it could be promotion disparity mm-hmm. and you went to leadership and you said, you, you, you said, here's what I found. And here's the things that you say, you know, you suggest should be done and could be done. And then three months later, six months later, it's still not done.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: How do you like what happens? Right. Like you, you're not because you, you've done this work. You've seen that there's something that they could fix to make things better. But if it's not fixed, then why? What's happening? Like, why didn't that? And so at that point, it could, now, it could kind of become this thing where you start getting just angry and angry that things are not being done, and then it affects the work, it affects the way you show up in the company and things like that. And so at some point, I just said, my role is to find this and push as much as I can within any of the organizations that I am at to help them make better decisions about people. If they decide to do it or not, I still have to keep doing what i have to do as a leader as a teammate right mm-hmm. because if i start getting just upset about it it would affect me and so i had to kind of and but it got to a point where i was like you know what i'm, I'm done we know what we can build to help companies and we're gonna go, go out on our own and do it mm-hmm. um and so you know i think i think at the end of the day to answer the question from leo i find you know right now working with our own customers i find I find a lot of positive that come out of it because a lot of times when the customers come to us, they have all these systems. They don't they don't actually know how to bring all those systems together, and you know create the data models and create you know get insights for companies to make decisions. And so when we do that for them, seeing the reactions on Slack and their faces when when they call just brings that joy to me. So at the end of the day, it's like I feel happy about what we're doing because I see the change that we are directly affecting in companies. So that's how I guess that's how I'll answer that question.
0: I love that. I love that you started a people data company called Equitable, period. End of story, Uh, because there is so much. Yes, we're still at a point where we're trying to get accurate headcount on any given day about our workforce. Like, unfortunately, that's that's the starting point. But the opportunity, the opportunity, once you get your data in hand and in control and accurate in a timely fashion, oh my gosh, we have so much work to do. We have so much we can fix. Yeah. We can look for disparities. We can look for inequalities, factual data-based uh, issues that, that need to be addressed in our workforces. There's a couple of great comments around sentiment and experience. You can also get to the good stuff, like the meaty stuff that's a little trickier to get at. It's not headcount, it's how people feel, how you measure and analyze that or sentiment. And Bob makes the comment, it's gotta be a Yes, it's important to get out for lots of obvious reasons, but the anonymity, the psychological safety component of getting at that kind of information is is really, really important. Are you seeing organizations getting that deep in the data and, and doing good stuff with it?
2: Well, so in terms of, like, getting deep into the data, maybe there's, like, I don't know. 10, 20 companies in the world <laughs> that are really like doing a lot of the advanced, like advanced, advanced analytics. Mm-hmm. What we find is that like, at least from why we, you know, from what we, from our own, uh, just from what we've built and how we talk to companies, what we found actually is that most companies right now, because if you look at it, just like the analytics is still relatively new compared to the rest of analytics, like marketing of yeah. analytics or even health analytics, right? There's a lot of things that are way that you've been using analytics for quite a while compared to people analytics in terms of how we use it today. And so um, most companies that we find are actually still at the crawl, jog phase of the, the people analytics side. So it, I often find companies say, I want to do this nutrition forecasting, mm-hmm. and I ask them, what is your attrition rate? Or how many employees do you have? They don't even know that. So I'm like, you know, I think so the whole ML and all that stuff sounds like pretty sexy. And it's like, yes, you know, it's it's so great. We can do all this. And everyone that's selling products want to add Oh, we do ML to do all these people on all this advanced analytics. The truth is most companies want the need the basics. <laughs> um, And so, and that's what we, and that's what we find um, right now. So, and so we're we're helping companies have those basics. And then over time, over time, once you can answer those basic questions like that, like that, just really quick, you you can get to those basic questions. Then you start to now go into the more advanced analytics. Mm -hmm. Um, That's what we see. Um, I could, could, maybe other people see something different, but from a ton of conversations, most companies just need that initial um, foundation um, before they go into the advanced advanced analytics.
0: Yeah. Bob is asking about social insights. So there's the data that's readily available that just needs to be collected, stored, mm-hmm. normalized, you know, the, all the basics around data, kept, mm-hmm. you know, security, privacy, all of that stuff. But what about the the, the, the data that's out there that's a public
2: mm-hmm. and
0: available to be mm-hmm. sort of picked up and collected Mm-hmm. Any any thoughts on that?
2: I mean, yes. I mean, so there are. So, for example, um, one of one of our partners that we work with, um, actually, they just got acquired recently, um, and they what they do is they provide benchmark information for diversity. Um, and how they do that is really by just using the LinkedIn APIs, really. So the there are things like that that help you with benchmarking. So if you're trying to see if they okay, well, here is my internal benchmark But how do I rank against this industrial this set of companies? Companies like that help and give you, if not, and it, it, it might not be like 100% accurate, but at least from a directional standpoint, those, those metrics are there. Now, when it comes to things like, let's say your time to fill, candidate funnel, well, those things are not available. You will have to create a benchmark, which is what Equitable is actually doing. We are creating an equitable benchmark to actually deliver those kind of metrics that are not available, like things like time to hire, time to fill. Kind of funnel diversity metrics, Um, but not normally. Like when it comes to like those data that's available on like LinkedIn and things like that, usually, um, yeah. I mean, you can use that, but really only from a benchmark perspective to just measure where you're where you are in the process. Mm
1: -hmm. So, Joseph, what do you when you you talk about companies that are you know everyone company companies just want to do the basics? Yeah. What do you you know? One of the things that people ask about a lot. and it came up in a webinar that Jess and I were doing yesterday with uh, an employee experience organization called Applaud, um, is, you know, giving managers data. You know, and you know, who do you give the data to? In, in in you know, in most of those companies you're talking to. So, like, when you say people analytics, do you find that most of them are doing people analytics for the HR function? Mm-hmm. Uh, do you find that people are doing people analytics for the managers in the business? Mm-hmm. Uh, or do you, or or is it a combination of both? And then, what do you see as um the roadblocks? Because I still see huge hurdles when it comes to managers knowing what to do with data.
2: Mm. Yeah. Where are you at, Jason? I mean, look, look what background is that? Is that are you in Hawaii or something? What's happening? Are you <laughs> asking that because it looks like I have no pants on? <laughs> <laughs> I'm to build the tree behind you. Uh- <laughs> oh, <laughs>
1: right.
0: he's using data and, and formulating insights here? <laughs>
1: what, what, what right? It looks, it looks up. Uh, I'm, so, I'm in South. I'm in South Florida. I have a so I have a 14 year old son who's a, a big baseball player,
2: mm-hmm. and uh,
1: so he's at a baseball camp, and I'm in uh, South Florida at the baseball camp with him.
2: No, awesome, awesome, awesome. Yeah, Great. Thanks for asking. Yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, and I do have
1: pants on, just for the record. They were just, <laughs> just sitting oddly.
2: <laughs> so, so, so uh, in terms of in terms of answering your question, um, so what what we have found is in terms of coming to organizations, um, a lot of times we we sell into like the, you know the head of HR or head of talent and things like that, right? So. Um, those those are the people that we sell it to usually but what we end up finding is once they have bought it uh, then you have your people on head of people analytics using the product you have um you know obviously like your people partners starting to use the product um to help the or different organizations that they support additionally we've seen certain companies now start to now hand it over to like you know like certain top line like managers or like directors so I, one of our, one of the companies that we work with, they actually, they had the CTO requested for every, all his directors and VPs to have access to the tool so they can also see their own organization as well and understand what's happening there. So yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, the tool is for decision makers to make, you know, to be able to have the insights that they need to make decisions. That's what, that's, that's it, right? And so the decision makers could be from the CEO, CHRO, head of talent, head of BI, head of people analytics, all the way to managers that, that manage, um, you know, like a uh, good amount of people. Um, so we've seen that at the end of the day, just empowering people to have the right insights to make the best decisions for their teams. That's kind of what we see. Mm-hmm.
0: Adam, oh, do we want to unpack this one? So we, before, while you were still trying to get in, Joseph, we were talking about, uh, creepiness <laughs> like when you, when you can't or don't control your data and you receive hyper personalized experiences because your data is out there. I mean, the best example of this is always, you know, I look for a pair of Air Jordans for my 12 year old on one site. And now Air Jordans follow me across every device, every browser, I'm seeing ads now for, for Jordans. Yeah. Um, so that's a you know a pretty easy example, but there's other examples of where your data is out there, right? There's tons of data about us out there. We have like literally no idea how much data is out there about us. Yeah. Um, and and Adam is sort of begging the question of the future Web three and blockchain and um, control
2: mm-hmm.
0: control to stop the spread of data. Is that the the goal? Stop the spread of data, or give us control of our own data? Thoughts on that?
2: I mean, I mean, it's already happening, right? Like with GDPR, right? Like in, in Europe and stuff, right? Like if, for yeah. example, you, you could apply, or you were an employee in an organization. I mean, that happened all the time. When I worked at WeWork, for example, someone applies and maybe they don't get the job. They can literally just say, "Hey, can you remove my data from your system?" And then we have to, from the GDPR standpoint, we clean the data. So the person can literally reapply again, and we don't have any record of that person and go through the process. Mm-hmm. So those things are. I mean, I think, I think, I think. More and more, from a security standpoint, I mean, for for equitable, right? Security is the is one of the first things that we invested in, uh, and so I think more and more in North America, U.S., we can adopt some of those kind of um, those some of those practices as a whole, right? And I, so I think I think there's a lot of good things when it comes to GDPR because yes, like I think people should have more control over how the data is used. I think in addition, in terms of comp- within companies as well, I think companies have a, they have a duty to establish trust uh, with the the employees, at the same time, make sure that employees understand what data is had about them and what they intend to use that data for, right? So for example, in companies that I've worked at, when we run a survey, we have the questions. Here are the survey questions that we're asking. At the same time, one thing that our head of DEI mentioned that we did and our legal team was, state what we're using the data for when we collect it from the mm-hmm. survey and stick to that. We can't use it for anything that we didn't state in there. We're gonna gather this survey data and we're gonna do X, Y, Z analysis and then deliver it like this, right? And to a point whereby we even had thresholds whereby you can report on teams less than five people. So that way you don't have, you don't have the ability to cut that yeah. individual. So you're looking at it more holistically in terms of what's happening. So there are a lot of things you can do within organizations from GDPR to even just day-to-day operations like what I just mentioned that can help, you know, um, develop a better just data culture within organizations as well. Mm-hmm.
0: I love, here's what I love about our, our space, this industry, this HR people, you know, sort of space and and tech and all of that. We borrow so much from outside of HR and it's like the, I hope the, the laggard, you know, the, the, to, the lagging time Um, sort of minimizes because it takes too long for some consumer marketing, consumer data, consumer experience, all of that stuff finds its way over into the organizational people side eventually. But this is just people stuff. Consumer data, how we we shop and operate and behave as consumers it's exactly like we're the same person it's exactly how we shop apply to jobs operate experience things within the workplace but it takes so long for some of these same concepts to make their way over into the company side into organizational practices and HR and people stuff yeah. so your example like this whole thing around data and personalization your example earlier when you were at Toys R Us If I buy a pacifier, I might also buy a bottle or something. Mm. Um, Like that same stuff can be applied to make things more useful and helpful to employees who are trying to navigate work systems, get their job done, look for information. If I apply to this job, maybe I'm interested in courses related to that that can help me upskill. So I Absolutely. think it's all in the application and like, if it's useful, if it's relevant, accurate, useful to me, if it actually makes my life easier and better, if it's fun, if it's all of those things, if there's value to me, I'm probably going to be more than okay with you okay. using data for good. I think it's the whole, it's data for
2: good, right? Always, it has to be, otherwise otherwise, why why do it? Like that's yeah. literally for good, right? Like we've done things like that. like some of my prior roles, we're looking at, so for example, let's say (laughs) there was attrition, you start to see a trend in attrition. Okay, someone left the team and the exit survey said maybe it was a manager problem. But but prior to leaving, the engagement score dropped X amount of points. Then you see that the second time someone's someone's score drops X amount of points, a few months they leave. State the same issue. The third person's Points drop. Uh oh. <laughs> well, like you've seen, okay, well, took these out to three, three people. Clearly, there's a trend here. Let's address that. Is this a bad manager? Mm-hmm. Do they need training? Do they need what should we do here to fix this? Right? Yeah. At the end of the day, the, the, the point there is you want to make sure that the people that work in your organization are having a good experience. I mean, people spend what, eight hours of if they 10, in some cases, 12, in some cases at work, of course they should be having a good experience if they're there, right? They spend a good chunk of their lives there. And so people analytics, in my own opinion, is to help people have a good experience at work. That's it. At the end of the day, that's it. And the good experience could go from engagements could go from pay. I mean, Why would a woman be working in an organization doing the exact same job, exact same role, exact same level of... And then it's earning 50k less than the man doing the exact same job. It's like, how is that fair? I and mean, if they find out, how does that affect their psyche and their own experience at work? Mm-hmm. That is a very good question, Joseph. <laughs> Why <What? laughs> does this happen? <laughs> but is that fair? It's not like right. So at the end of the day, it's the point of people analytics should be to help employees have good experiences at work. It's always it always has been and always should be data for good
0: yeah okay i have a a challenger question like let's let's play with this one a little bit next week's guest wrote a book called work without jobs Mm -hmm. what would we need to start how how does this change the world of people data hr analytics workforce analytics if we're truly and i think we are that'll be next week's conversation Mm -hmm. uh if we deconstruct Jobs and job profiles, and reconstruct work that needs to be done in all of its forms. Like, if the gig economy and flexible, fluid workforces and all of this stuff comes to fruition, and I think it will to some degree, um, how does that change how we measure people and work? I think we really need to get to more skills and capabilities and like raw talent. Is that the same as a skill or, you know, development stuff? certainly around pay and equity and that kind of thing. Is, is that entering your world at all yet? This whole deconstruction of sort of people and resumes and jobs and job profiles and just doing a better matching of how people can contribute value to things that need to get done at work?
2: Yeah, I mean, in some ways, yes. I mean, I think, I think the traditional resume kind of that's not it's I don't know, I don't know how simple it's just it's rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yes. that's
1: okay. It's a, I would say worse, but yeah. rubbish is the, rubbish. <laughs> but is
0: like, I, exactly, Bryce. Hiring people. How do we get to people? I, I think. Oh, so, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Yeah. Resume is bad data. Job profile is bad data. We're matching bad data to bad data and hoping magic happens. Like, how do we fix that?
2: <laughs> yeah, and, and that's that's the thing, right? Like, exactly. Yeah. Like it's it's like I. I can, I can create a resume today that you think I am the king of the world. Where, where, where in fact, I am not <laughs> that, right? Mm-hmm. Because people know how to create incredible resume and just lie, really. just say all kinds of, Oh, I did, I led this, I led this, but you were just a part of something that they, you know, so going away from that and saying here, you know, one of the things that people can do is your ability to digest skills, we need this role and here are the here are the skills that we need right so maybe removing the whole like oh here's what you did more like okay well what skills are needed i need someone that can write this code this code this code and even if you can't do you have the appetite to learn it we can teach you something like that right so moving away from resume-based hiring to more of the skills based more of the the not soft skills because communication is not a soft skill, it's actually crucial. I think just were well, you the one that said that to me recently? You might have been the one that said that to me, and I, I stole that from you. But
0: maybe uh, I don't know. <laughs> if it was good, I'm sure I
2: said it. <laughs> <laughs> but but it's like companies <laughs> like oh, communication and so going away from just the whole resume and, and profile to more of like here are the skills, here the here are the expectations for the role, and here are the skills that we're looking for, and then going off of that. I think that's just one way. Uh, it's an incomplete answer by by I any mean, like if you look at it but that's just one way i can think of and then in terms of because also in terms of how job descriptions are written also can affect i mean we've seen this research that says sometimes send jobs descriptions just prevent women from applying for those jobs like so when they see some jobs like oh, okay okay that's not for me right or things like that and so removing this the whole typical way of writing job descriptions um that's that's one way that you can actually start moving towards uh things that need to be done as opposed to just like show me your profile. Or so, things. so yeah. Joseph,
1: I have to ask you this question. And, uh, once again, <clears throat> so I, you know, I'm older than you. I don't Um, and, uh, so I've been working on this my whole life. Yeah. Um, so one of the things that I'm wondering is, do you see organ, Yeah. So since I've been working on it for the whole, my whole life, I probably failed since you're still 30 years and we're still doing the same thing. Uh, but you know, do you see your, I mean, do you see this, do you see people maturing? Do you see people, um, advancing their thoughts in how to use data to better understand the value that people bring to work? Mm. It's a really big question, but it's one that I leave, you know, every night thinking about like, did I impact that at all?
2: Yeah, I guess. I guess. Uh, no, not mean, not to answer a question with a question, but um, have you seen? <laughs> and this could be for Jason and Jess, but uh, in your yeah. lifetime. Um, so it's too parts to of the question: Have you seen people change
1: yeah.
2: in general? Yes. Yeah. Is- and, yes. if, and if they did, was it fast or was it slow over time? Slow. Well, that's the answer, mm-hmm. <laughs> All right? So, can people change? Jess, what, what? What is your? What is? What is your answer? Slow.
0: You? Oh, nothing ever happens fast enough for me. Slow. 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 Come on, let's go. Let's fix pay. Let's treat people like humans at work.
2: Let's. So that's yeah. the thing. That's it, I mean I, I like, think
1: the bigger I mean the, the thing is and, you know and and Joseph maybe to good just add on to where you're going I think people can change faster than organizations yes um you know I think people's mindset can change faster than changing a changing the the course of the Titanic per se yeah,
2: yeah but you know like but it becomes it becomes exponentially slower when you add one two three yep and it makes up an organization, right? So, can people's minds and, and thought process change? Yes, it can. I've seen that, but it's slow. Like in my five and a half, six years of being people analytics specifically, I've seen changes, but it's been pretty slow. And a lot of times, some of those changes came about when something, unfortunately, a lot of times things that are unpleasant happen. And then it forced people to kind of have conversations and say, okay, well, what can we do to change XYZ? Because this cannot continue this way. So, oh, so, sorry. Go ahead to finish the, the, the last thing. I'm yeah, please. To say, sorry, I'm, another question came in. So I'm <laughs> just trying to make sure we get to them. Yeah, for sure. But it takes individuals like Jess, like you, just like myself, my co-founders, Gabe, Ethan, our organize to keep pushing that. To keep yep. talking about those things to help keep moving it forward. We have to keep doing that, regardless of how slow the change. It
1: yeah and the question that came in actually is really interesting it says what is holding us back are we missing the foundation do we not know where the data is or how to use it is it a lack of skill set is it a combination like all that being said what do you think is holding us back from fear
2: fear fear of change fear of change
1: fear, of- fear. Yeah. oh a nice yeah. f word
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah just it's you know like if things are things are you know working for specific people or group of people and and then it's like, no, we only bring this thing that's different, but will be better in the long run. Why? <laughs> There's always that change. Like people have oh, been with in this organization 10 years. This is how it's always been done. Why change it now? It's like, no, this is, you know, this is, uh, yes, maybe some things are working, but things can be better. Things will be better if you, if you do XYZ using data, make decisions using data, um, you know? And so I think, I think that's just the biggest thing I see. It's things have always been this way. Why change it now? I am uncomfortable with this. And that's why why, that's what a lot of times and people that are uncomfortable a lot of times are in the position of decision making and leadership, Um, and so that's why it takes time. So, yeah, (laughs) that's that's the simple answer. Well, and and and,
1: and just really quickly, I mean, the other thing that just really quickly, Joseph, is that you know Wayne, you know, uh, one of the brilliant minds in the space who's been in the space for thirty years, mm -hmm. an old man, Um, says he's felt like he spent the last thirty years just moving data to a new home mainframe to client server to intranet to internet, yeah. you know, same data. We're yeah. storing it in a different technology. Do you see
2: that a lot? Oh yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, even in the last few years, like we've changed, you know, you have like you, you have Postgres and Redshift and it's like Snowflake. And it's, you know, there's always, there's always move. there's always that, like, it's always that. At the end of the day, it's you can move whatever systems you can do whatever. But what we try to do is take that data wherever it's at and make something out of it and insights. So where, for me, I'm not particularly, I don't particularly care in what's where, what system it's sitting. What's the point of the data if I can't use it? It's like that guy that had like, how much, like in terms of how much, in terms of like, um, he has so much crypto, but he lost his key and he's never been able, he's not found it. It's like he has all this crypto, but he's not able to use it. He's not able to spend it. Well, what's the point of having, the, you know what I'm saying? Like, so it's like, what's the point of having the data if you can actually use it to make decisions, to make better decisions yes. for you?
0: So. Torin, you probably hit the nail on the head. Change also threatens the system, the social structures, the norms that we've become used to and that have in place. And if they benefit you, if that system and structure benefits you, of course you don't want it to change. Yeah, you know,
2: why, why, you, why would you change that? Right? Like right. it's that whole yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, I'm so glad you made it through the Crowdcast Hoops, Joseph. You are part of the change movement, by the way. People like you who stumble into the HR space, Nigerian soccer players who say, you know what? I think I want to create a people data organization called Equitable to fix this shit. That (laughs) is part of the change movement. That is part of the change movement. I so appreciate your voice and your perspective and your work in this space. Thank you for joining us in this crazy hr space to do some good to do some good work
1: yeah i can't wait to stay in touch and continue to help down that path joseph and uh for those of you want to connect with joseph you see the green button on the screen click on that button there and that will connect you with him on linkedin and uh spend some more talking talking to him but joseph thanks for being here really appreciate Thank it. you both
2: this is really yeah. cool. i enjoy it. i enjoy, it. I enjoy it. this is fun i enjoy it. you're
1: coming back buddy you're coming
2: back yes I love yeah. it. i'm just seeing like all the stuff on the side and like, all the comments I'm like that's so cool i, I, I know really isn't
0: it, it.
1: yeah <laughs> okay talk <laughs> to you fun. later have a great weekend joseph Thank thanks everybody jess next friday same place same yeah. time
0: same place same time from uh, Vale. Uh, but yes, yeah, so we've got Ravi, we've got work without jobs. Bob, you're gonna love that conversation. Deconstruct everything, it's gonna be amazing.